We are live. Thank you for joining us here on the Carl Vibe Show and podcast. Today I have a very special guest, uh, Brad Voorhees. He is the host of the Sonic Gravity podcast and blog and website. And he is also a veteran of the U.S. military. He is a uh, has all sorts of interesting experience in philosophy and theories. He's an engineer, and he's also possibly building a, some sort of an anti-gravity machine. He has a lot of interesting theories and philosophies on black holes, the nature of reality, UFOs, human consciousness. So we're going to bring him right aboard. It's going to be a really awesome, interesting, and fascinating fascinating conversation where we're going to go right off the deep end and uh, maybe over a lot of people's heads, but we don't care. We're going to have a lot of fun. In fact, before the show even started, we were jumping into a lot of stuff and talking about the nature of reality and all kinds of really cool stuff. So we couldn't wait to get started. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring aboard uh, Brad Voorhees. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, super, Carl. Thanks for letting me share space with you. Yeah, it's awesome. So anybody who wants to check out Brad, please go do it. I've been kind of soaking up his uh, podcast over the last couple of days. I put the link down in the description below on YouTube for those of you guys that are uh, checking it out. So Brad, you've got some really uh, interesting theories and philosophies about the nature of reality, uh, black holes, uh, UFOs, extraterrestrials, and kind of maybe a unified theory of everything that maybe we can get into uh, today, if we can get into it. But first of all, let's introduce everybody to you a little bit. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, you're a, a veteran of the military. You're a, a father. And how did you get interested in, in this whole topic? Yeah, well, uh, uh, I went to school for engineering uh, and I was a civil engineer. I finished my master's degree and went into the army. And that's kind of a story because I didn't really want to be an engineer, but I had to because of this army scholarship. It's kind of a long story to talk about later. But and then uh, then I went into the army and loved it. Um, but I am without empathy. So hmm. in order to survive in the army and be a leader, I had to come up with this sort of like rules based leadership thing. I call it the physics of leadership. Uh, and so because I'm like clinically a psychopath, so uh, I'm autistic too and bipolar. So I had to had to figure out a way to think about leadership that didn't have anything to do with empathy. Um, I did well, the army sent me to law school. So I came back into the army as a JAG, uh, deployed to Afghanistan with uh, Colonel Nicholson was the third brigade combat team uh, brigade commander. And he eventually became four-star general Nicholson in charge of all of Afghanistan. I'd left by then. I went to work in the federal government. Uh, so um, I've done some other things, other than that, I got four kids, um, love all of them, and uh, just insanely, no pun intended, or, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just awesome. And I started podcasting just to kind of like vent some of the things in my brain. And uh, I started maybe, what, beginning of 2020, and it just, just this endless material. And I, I saw those UFOs uh, that the Navy confirmed were there back in uh, what, like April of 2020. And it just triggered in my mind, like I started getting manic. Like when you're, when you're bipolar, yeah, you get manic. You start like everything's big, everything's huge. And um, 
for which me, if you can, which if you can attach to something positive in your life can be like a superpower, <laughs> right? If it gets attached to something like an addiction can be really destructive. But like, so you got yeah. this attached to like the UFO UAP topic and it sent you down a rabbit hole. Yeah. I mean, like it, it just makes me when I spin up, the more manic I get, I, I really think I just get smarter and smarter. Right. But then when I go down, like I get dumber and dumber and depressed and stuff. So it's kind of, you know, you got to manage it, you know what I mean? And so, but then I just started spinning up and up and up and up and I started figuring out stuff about the UFOs, I think. And uh, like, I think I solved the God equation, came up with this whole sort of theory of everything in the universe. And now it's kind of led me to, and we'll see if it works or not. If it works, it's the ultimate testament uh, to whether or not I'm just a madman or whether or not there's actually like, you know, kind of genius in the chaos. I mean, we'll see. And it'll all come down to whether or not when I plug in that anti-gravity generator, it'll be sitting on a scale and I plug it in and it works. It's going to get lighter. And if it doesn't, then it won't work. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. It'll uh, reducing gravity or mass or it'll somehow uh, you'll be able to sense that if you do it. So what what, what was it about uh, seeing the UFO or UAP footage that sort of piqued your curiosity or started to create that intrigue? What was it about the footage? Because a lot of people watch it. They don't even understand the FLIR footage or really what they're seeing. They don't understand like or fathom how something like that could move or fly. They just say, oh, it's alien, you know. So what is what was it that really triggered you to understand maybe physics or reality from a different perspective yeah right i mean like you see something like that and you're just kind of tempted to go wow it's alien you know what i mean it's really hard to process so my whole critical thinking philosophy is know thyself you have to know what you know and then if you focus on knowing what you know everything else in the universe right is something you don't know so if you know what you know and you know what you don't know, then you can know everything. And that's the basic uh, critical thinking philosophy I have. And so, so I was looking at the UAPs and I said to myself, all right, the only way that they could take off like a bullet or corner on a 90 degree angle at hundreds of thousands of miles an hour, however fast they go, is if they had no mass. Because right. if you don't have any mass, then you can't pull G's right? Like you don't like, you know, when you hit the gas in your car, you know, when you get pressed into the back of the seat, it's because you have mass. It's because there's time dilation there. When you go faster through space, you go slower through time. And you you can kind of think of it as, um, well, I have a podcast episode called Critical Thinking Part 7, UFOs, UAPs, and the Key to Immortality. And I go through what time dilation is. But essentially, when there's two ways that you can get essentially time dilation, gravity and movement. And so if you move through space, you go slower through time. And if you, if you sit though, if you sit in the same spot in a gravity, well, your time is frozen as far as gravity is concerned to that level, the deeper you go into gravity, well, the slower your time moves. But the reason you feel gravity is because your time slows down as you accelerate. But the gravity of mass is trying to keep you in the same time. And mm. so when you feel that tension between something that's trying to slow your clock and something that's trying to keep up, trying to stay where it is, you feel that tension in what we call the Higgs string. And that's mm. the force of gravity. 
And so when you hit the gas in your car, you get pressed into the back of your seat because the car is trying to slow your time, but the gravity is trying to keep it the same. And it's mm-hmm. that difference that gives you. And so when you think about, say, when you jump out of an airplane, like if you skydive right now, you're falling through space much faster when you skydive than when you're in your car. But right. you feel but you don't feel any gravity. And the reason it just it's kind of nice, you know, you kind of float down. Just don't open your mouth because like it'll blow your cheeks wide open. Right. And so, so, but when you jump out of a, of, of a, of an airplane, you're falling deeper into a gravity well, which is slowing your clock because you're getting closer to the gravity, but you're also speeding up. So that's slowing your clock too. So it matches You're parallel in time. You're not crossing a curvature of time. And that's why you feel no gravity. It's like and, a counterbalance uh, yeah. system is set up in the universe, almost like. And if you're talking about messing with time or time travel when it comes to the factor of speed or movement, then really it seems like everything in our perceptual reality is based on the speed of light. Like there's this wall at the edge of the speed of light. And this is like our perceptual universe. That may not be the maximum speed allowed. It just means that our physical known reality as far as we can perceive it with the colors of the rainbow that we're equipped to perceive uh, kind of end there. But if, as I guess what you're saying is like, hypothetically, if you approach the speed of light and as you do that or get to the speed of light, you would perceive reality basically as frozen or almost like a, like a sand particles floating that you could move through without mass, almost like float through it. Like it would be smoke. Uh, yeah i mean right? i've never been at the speed of light but i i and so i'm not i think that if you were to go at the speed of light i think you would feel like you were just normal right right but you actually wouldn't be aging like you you would and you you would be going really really fast like all through everything you wouldn't be aging but everybody else would be going super slow and they would be like dying right in front of you you know what i mean they would be yeah because- and, ima- and imagine all the like every electron and every photon if there are particles suddenly f- holding still then what would become revealed was the emptiness between all of that movement would be yeah. come like suddenly like a traversable space which might be why we see these ufo craft appear to fly right into solid objects and mountains and into the ocean unaffected because they're just moving through it. Like it would be like smoke to them if they're moving at that intense speed. Cause, cause they have no mass. They have okay. no mass. Right. Because that's exactly why, because they have no mass. Now you'll see sometimes like I I've seen some footage where there's like a craft and it goes down and it splashes. And I, there's a reason for that. And uh, so what, so the whole quantum echo hypothesis, right, is that the Higgs field, right, which is the field that essentially ties all of our matter to a specific slice of Planck time that we're in. Like you can think of time like a, a slice of cheese. Think of the universe as a slice of cheese, like craft, right? Like planes of glass or something. Yeah. All yeah. stacked up like layers. Yeah. And so we're and so imagine the universe as a slice of cheese it's a hologram though so when you're in it it looks kind of like your tv right it's like it looks like you got a 3d picture you can see the whole universe when you look around it's kind of like a like a tv right you could everything can be encoded in a 3d 
universe on a 2D holographic surface. There's a super duper smart physicist, um, uh, Gerard de Tooft, and he got a fight with Stephen Hawking about this, but he won the fight. He beat the hawk. He won the fight and told him and like that we don't lose information in a black hole because anything that would go into a black hole, it's it could be recorded on the surface of the black hole, so you don't lose any information. I know it sounds kind of like weird and technical or whatever, but bottom line is is that uh, you can think of the universe as a slice of say cheese, right? And then imagine like the craft stack of all that cheese. And essentially we're moving slice to slice like through time. And it's sort of kind of like a movie, like you have all these frames, right? Yeah. And so what I think happens is we're moving at the speed of light and you're either moving, you're either standing still, right? And moving at the speed of light through time or you're moving at the speed of light in that slice of cheese and staying in that slice of cheese. So it's like, you're either going to move through time at the speed of light, or you're going to move in that slice of cheese at the speed of light. Or if you're somewhere in between, you're going to be moving at a slower rate at a hot, you know, but faster inside. the. Does that make sense? Yes. So like if you were, if you were all, if you were like completely still, you'd be moving at the speed of light through time. But if you were moving at the speed of light in that slice of cheese, you would stay in that slice of cheese. Because you'd be matching the field movement, right? Yep. Now, yeah, now you see it. And so so what I think in the Higgs field is what I think, and I think is, you know, kind of a popular theory, I think. If it's not, everybody's wrong and I'm right. But... (laughs) So the Higgs field is what ties all the matter, I think, in the universe to the slice of cheese, to the slice of time that we're in. And so what happens is, is if you decouple the Higgs field that is holding the mass, like say I make an electromagnetic field and it kind of pops out, like, you know, it makes right. this like force field. Oh, yeah, like a, every- yeah, that, the substrate energetic field. So, yeah, so you have like, just so everybody listening understands, you have a field, which imagine it being like a, I don't know how to describe it. Because if you say like a cloud, you're thinking like particles of vapor, but it really is just like an energetic field. It's like air. Yeah. Like air, just like a jelly block, but it's uh, fluid or just energy. And then you've got particles that would be like a coalesced, actually like a speck floating in that or moving around like an electron or photon. And then you've got waveforms, which is like within that field, you get uh, coalesced sort of lines or strings or waves that sort of form like threads throughout that field. So there's mm-hmm. all sorts of debate that paradoxically fields, strings, waves and particles all sort of can exist paradoxically at the same time and or same way in superposition in different forms somehow, or we can't quite sort out which one reality is made of quite yet. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, anyway. there's so many people, they think different, different things. So like say particle yeah. physics, if you want to look at it like particles, you can think of it like your TV, right? So there's like inside a pixel, right? Inside a pixel, there's like a red, a blue, and a green little color element. And so right. if you turn off the green and you have like blue and red, it makes a purple. You know what I mean? And if you if you turn off everything except red, you get a red spot, right? And so right. and so like you can the different combinations and flashings of all the little color elements inside that pixel gives you your picture. And so 
You can think right. of the pixels in your TV, the little like, you know, the little spots in your TV, you can think of those as atoms. And right. inside the atom, you have little elements of color like red, blue and green. And so if you want to think of it like an atom, the pixels, the atom and then like the quarks and stuff are the little color elements. Right. So so that's kind of a way. And so when like you said, when you superposition like you can conceivably like say you have your TV screen, if you turned off the red and the green, all you would have is the blue. Right. And so right. you look at your TV and it would be like a field of blue. And like some way, places it would be bright blue and some places it would be black. Like if there was no blue there and it would be dimmer in different places, but it's all blue and the right. same, you could turn them off, just have the green and the red. But when you do superposition, like you said, it comes together and it's like your HD TV picture. Suddenly you and, get those different uh, chromatics or cross where you can start to have go from binary, these basic simple elements, the three colors become the colors of the rainbow become uh, multiple colors and then ultimately everything you see in reality when you look out of your own skull that's yeah. what you perceive all boils down to those three colors ultimately but you're right so there's the individual pixels that represent like an energetic source like an atom yep. like an atom but ultimately what they exist in is sort of a field or mm -hmm. a uh, like an ocean of yeah. uh, of an energetic substrate or like a foundational base, which is very interesting because the closer science looks, we pin down and we say, okay, we've got another particle. And then you say, well, what is that particle made of? And inside that or what holds all those particles together is some sort of a, a phenomenal field at the yeah, same time. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. so like you're so just like in our example of the TV, when you do superposition and you see your HD picture and it's all pixels and then the little colors inside, well, in reality, if you believe in quantum field theory, then there's 16 fields. There's 16 little doodads inside each pixel, right? And right. it's there's like 12 particle fields, one's electrons. And, you know, so you have all those elementary particles. And then there's four force fields, the field gravity, they think, um, the weak nuclear force, the strong nuclear force, and the uh, electromagnetic force. Magnetic force, yeah. Yeah. And so the strong nuclear force is what they think is holding the little pixels together. That's the, like when somebody does a nuclear explosion, they're really busting the strong nuclear force. They're releasing the strong nuclear force in a chain reaction. And that's right. what a nuclear explosion is. So, so yeah, so what I'm saying is that, and oh, there's another field that they discovered in like what, 2012 or something, the Higgs field. Now, I think that's actually the grab. I think the Higgs boson, the particle of the Higgs field is the graviton. And I think, the Higgs field is actually the field of gravity. And right. so we we're talking about, I think it's when, like we talked about, like if you're, if your time is being dilated, like if a rocket takes off, then it's leaving the earth's gravity, which is speeding up its clock because it's getting further away from gravity. So as a rocket takes off, it's speeding up its time, but you're also accelerating up, right? And because you're accelerating, the acceleration slows your time. Right. Right. And it's it's that tension between the leaving the gravity is speeding up your clock and then your acceleration is slowing down your clock because as you move faster through space, you move slower through time. Right. And it's that it's that tension that makes you feel gravity. That's what makes you pull G's. Right. And so and so that's really that tension of time is right. the Higgs string. 
that is trying to hold you in the right slice of cheese in your time. And so that's the gravity you feel. And that's why I think the Higgs boson is the graviton. And so, but if I create this field, right. And I'll, as soon as my patent date comes back, I will show you exactly how the gravity, um, anti-gravity, I know it sounds crazy. Like a part comes for it, and I'm like, "Oh, honey, I just got a part for the anti-gravity machine." Brad, these are the like, time, <laughs> these are the times that we live in, though, Brad. I, I mean, we're talking about anti-gravity looking devices flying over the Pentagon, admitting it, UFOs, UAPs flying around. You've yeah. got people saying that they've come out of Area 51 and that they have, you know, dark matter materials and exotic materials that are being tested. Government officials saying we have alien exotic materials we're testing. So it's not out of the realm that we have people doing garage based genetic modifying <laughs> CRISPR and people like you building gravity emitters in their garage. So <laughs> yeah. it takes a little bit of a madman to kind of like uh, break down these barriers and face this stuff because reality is coming to a head and these different uh, scientific and spiritual and philosophical realms are starting to collide, whether we like it or not, because everybody is, is having to face this issue uh, from their own perspective. And, and so here I am facing it from my perspective and you're facing it from yours and you have this engineering mindset and uh, creativity and, and looking at reality from different perspectives. And so uh, how are the UFOs doing it then, Brad? So then what like, what do you think you've cracked that make these things able to break the rules? Okay, so, and yeah, I'm sorry. That was a long way to get to your question. Your no, question, yeah, it's great. Yeah, because um, so in terms of critical thinking, I'm looking at them and I'm saying, okay, what do I know? I know they're taking off like bullets. I know they're cornering in ways that like, if they had mass and you cornered like that, like your brain would squish into your skull. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you couldn't, even if you were in a suit that was full of water or whatever, like there's no way your body could sustain that. And, you know, even if it was just a drone with like a machine, you're talking about forces that would crush metal. You know what I mean? Right. So, so, so I'm looking at that and I'm thinking the only way I can think first, my first assumption is it's real, right? That it's not some kind of like, you know, trick cameras or whatever. So I begin with an assumption that it's real. My second assumption is that physics applies, right? So now I'm thinking, okay, the only way it can corner like that, whether it's alien or us, is if it has no mass. It can't have mass because it can't have gravity. It can't can't feel G's when it corners, or it just couldn't do that. And so then the only question is, well, how do you get rid of mass? How do you actually shed your mass? And so... I started looking at YouTube and I started teaching myself quantum physics. And so, and I learned about the Higgs string and I learned about gravity and I learned about how Einstein said, you know, gravitational force of, you know, the, gra- the, the, uh, in- the inertia of mass, the force of gravity from mass and the force of gravity from inertia are exactly the same. That's what Einstein said. And so, the whole thing is, is how do we get rid of our mass? And so this is when I'm like, okay, so where do we get mass from? I think we get it from the Higgs field. And so the way we have to get rid of our mass is to somehow separate ourselves from the link that ties us to sort of our slice of cheese, our slice of time. Yeah. And so like, if you, and if you think about a swing, right. 
And everybody who talks about this are talking about plasma and convergence and all that's all wrong. Like there's no way you're going to create a magnetic field strong enough to like shove, to fight the Higgs string and shove it off. You can't beat it that way. So if we can, we can drop our mass to zero, if we can decouple from the Higgs field, because then the universe won't know that our particles have any mass. So then our matter won't have mass. And the only way to do that is like a swing. You have to load it with a resonance with a harmonic load. And you can think of it like you're pushing your kid on a swing, right? You push them out and they swing out and then they come back and then you push again and they swing out and come back. And so you can't like, cause if you think if you push at the wrong time, right? Like they'll, if they were swinging back right to you and then you pushed, you would totally like totally destroy the energy, right? You'd, right. they would think your, your kid would think that you sucked at swings. You'd like push them and it would hurt and they'd fall out. You know what I mean? Like that's not right. So, so we, the first thing that we got to realize is that we got to use a, a pulse, like an impulse. We got to push it. So it goes out and comes back and then push it again and goes out and comes back. And it, when you do that, it's called resonance. Right. And there's all kinds of examples of that. Like if you take a piece of porcelain and there's a, like a, and nobody do this. Like, don't, you didn't hear it from me. Okay. But it's really cool if you do it. So like you take a piece of porcelain and if there's, if there's tempered glass, the frequency of vibration internally of that tempered glass, it matches exactly the frequency of the uh, structure, the molecular structure of porcelain. So if you take a piece of porcelain and just throw it at a piece of glass, it will go through it like a bullet. It will go yeah. through it just like butter. Yeah. And so, so because it instantly achieves resonance and it busts the glass instantly. And so it's the same thing. Like we're going to push and it's going to come back. We're going to push again. And eventually it's going to swing so far that we're going to dump that kid out of the swing and we're going to mm. decouple our Higgs field. And, and once we decouple our Higgs field, what's going to happen is, is those Higgs bosons that we bust out of our atoms, they're actually going to go back. Like the, cause the mass is being held back by the cheat, by the cheese. Right. And right. so, so we're going to go forward in time normally, but our Higgs bosons, the quantum echo is what I call it. All of the Higgs bosons that get jacked out of our atoms are going to be in the past. Right. And so that, that's why I think that, um, when we see many, now some of them could be aliens. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that there are that, I mean, when you think of like, like just how many worlds there are, I think there are probably some, but the ones that I'm seeing the Tic Tacs that are flying around in our Navy's training areas, I am certain that those are quantum echoes. Like many of them are quantum echoes of future travel. And so mm -hmm. what you have though, is, is you have, a quantum echo was essentially like in the future, we break off the Higgs bosons and they're kind of trailing behind us. Right. Okay. And so we don't have any mass where we're at. And so we're zipping around. Right. But there's a quantum echo in the past. That's also zipping around. Right. And right. think, and remember we talked about tension in the Higgs string. Which, we talked about this, this happens even in the, uh, the Hadron colliders and stuff when they're testing and looking at the Higgs boson particles and fields, they get, you, you get these trace uh, evidence of the separation of the particles and the photons and things of the co collision before the collision even occurs, which means that there's like a, an echo, almost like a precognitive echo of the event before it even happens. Mm -hmm. Somehow it defies time 
and there's a resonance that occurs in the present moment before the collision even occurs. And you see that, which I almost wonder has to, if that has to do with this idea of superposition at its closest form, like uh, right up looking at it really, really close. You see the that elements of like how two, something can be in two places at once almost. And that doesn't even mean in just our plane, but through the different planes of time, even in the past. So, so you're saying that maybe these UFOs mm -hmm. that we're seeing is like is a quantum echo or a resonance, sort of like a shadow of future of us uh, in of the future. Oh, okay, future space travel. So yeah. we're we're leaving like a wake behind in our own past with our future deep space program. In oh, our future, we're leaving damn, it in the past, dude. and it's our it's it's not it's their past, but it's our present, and so. I think, and I'll, I can talk about this a little bit later because I was actually thinking about it and like my brain was going really fast yeah, sorry. this afternoon. No, <laughs> no, just, no. I cool. think I just kind of got caught up to some of what I've been hearing on your podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. okay I no, get but it. you're right. You're exactly it, right. It's like it's, sparks it's, off of an anvil, but imagine when you get at the subquantum level that before the hammer even hits the steel, you realize that there's an emanation of-, of There's uh, a spark. There's a spark that comes off before the anvil's even struck. And you go, mm -hmm. wait a second, there's something sub-quantum outside of time that's echoing back and showing me strike the hot steel before I even hit it. Then yeah. you have to stop and think that maybe time and physical reality isn't as fixed as we think or we've been told. Yeah, or maybe it all exists all at the same time. And Because when you think about mm. the past controls the future, but the future controls the past too. So if you feed like chocolate and strawberries into a machine and you get chocolate-covered strawberries coming out in the future... There's kind of two ways to look at it, because if you're in the future and you look at chocolate covered strawberries, OK, that controls the past. There had to be chocolate and strawberries get fed into that machine. But if you look at the past where you feed the chocolate and strawberries into the machine in the future, chocolate covered strawberries have to come out. And so yeah. in many ways, the, the past could exist at the, with the future. They could coexist at the same time. And you're exactly right. And just what you said about the Hadron Collider, that was my initial, that's where I caught onto it. That's the thought. The stuff I'm telling you right now is stuff that sort of evolved as I was sort of critically thinking about it as we go. But the very first inclination I had that it could be us from the future is that you're exactly right. In the Hadron Collider, when those particles hit, like, and, and the um, strong nuclear forces busted and all of these particles go out all over the place, what they were seeing was that the Higgs boson would appear in space before the collision would happen. And then the collision would happen on top of it. And so I'm just like, maybe it's sending, maybe the collision happens in the future and the, the Higgs boson sends it back to the past. And so then I'm like, hey, what if all of these, once we decouple this Higgs field, what if all these Higgs bosons in the atoms of our spaceship jump into the past the same way they do in the Hadron Collider? Because that would be awesome. You know what I mean? If that's mm. what happens, it, it could happen. And the interesting thing is, though, is remember we talked about like how when you launch in a rocket and the speed slows your time, but the leaving the gravity well speeds your time up. Yeah. And the more tension there is in this in that string, you know, then the more gravity, the more G's you feel. Mm. But so that's the curvature of time that causes gravity. And so imagine the insanity of the gravity that would happen if you threw the mass of a spaceship back in time. Mm. 
that would be insane. There would be so much gravity there that it, I mean, it would just be mind boggling. The curvature of time where the mass of a spaceship is who knows how far back in time, that would be a wicked, wicked amount of gravity. And right. that's why I think that would be enough gravity. I think that could be like a black hole's worth of gravity. Hmm. And that's why I think that when we're seeing these quantum echoes, we're, that's negative energy density that would be required to hold open a wormhole. And right. that's why I think when we're looking at these quantum echoes, if that's what they are, then we're really looking through a wormhole at our future. And I think a lot of times, like sometimes you'll see images of these like UAPs and UFOs and there'll be these bright white, there'll be a night and there'll be a bright white like thing, right? Well, That's I what think, I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Personally. I think it's, yeah, I think it's because it's daytime on the other side of that wormhole. Oh. And sometimes, sometimes you'll see them, they'll be red and you know, these guys, I think it's because it's dusk on the other side of that wormhole. I've even seen a couple where it was like, you know, bubbles or whatever, and it was dark and it was casting like a dark shadow. I think it's because it's night on the other side of that wormhole. Hmm. So, so maybe in the daytime, yeah. that's why everybody sees them as this stealth black objects in the sky. It's if really it's nighttime, more, it's really more just like a pocket of counter space in reality or like a void opening in <laughs> almost like you would see like bubbles on of carbonation on the glass or something. We would see a bubble in our reality, yeah. like a, a wormhole, but these craft are creating this bubble. And so we see it just as a ball of light or sunshine or plasma coming through or whatever, or just that energetic rim. You know, mm -hmm. That's so fascinating. Yeah. And, and think about this now, now cow mutilations make a lot more sense because if hmm. you have if you have a quantum echo of something going through a field right and in our time a cow wanders up to it right that gravity would pancake that cow in a second you know what i mean hmm. that envelope of gravity that i believe like so i turn on my um you know my essentially anti-grav field right disassociates the higgs bosons higgs bosons fly into the past creates a massive amount of gravity around that craft. Because I mean, if you think about it in terms of like, you know, closed universe, you can't have, you can't create or destroy matter or energy. And so right. since there's matter in that time, it has to be enclosed in a sphere of negative, of, uh, you know, negative energy, negative energy right. density, right? So it equals out. So you're not defying any laws of physics. So, but if, if that thing got, excuse me, if that thing got close to a cow, like if a cow just got kind of interested and like walked up to it, right? I mean, it would pancake that cow. I mean, it would just like shred it, you know? And so I think when you yeah. think about cow mutilation, it might just kind of be an accident. Sorry, you know? I mean, yeah. And be. if it was somehow anomalously from a distance or from above, it could, it may not pancake it, but it could leave like trace, like uh, gamma effects or some microwaves or cook it in some weird way or creates pockets in it like bubbles of you know parts yeah. of it mi missing in a weird way uh yeah that's really interesting so do you and think these these locations like like if i'm over around area 51 it could be i might be seeing current test things flying over but also if there's like in the vast future if that's a, a an advanced military base over there in area 51 in our distant future, 
then there would be echoes all over the sky that would look like UFOs just because of the trace uh, residue in our time, almost like the exhaust in the past that's kind of left off uh, from the future base that's at Area 51 that isn't there yet. So yeah. I, that's so I mean, mind-blowing. It starts really getting crazy. And so, <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, is there's so much stuff we could do right now to know exactly what's going on because say the air force right because everything we do right now is a time capsule to the future so mm -hmm. if the air force wrote like you know a regulation that says okay whenever you do quantum travel it's got to be over here right we could write that right now put it in a safe and then in the future whenever we do quantum travel it's always right there yeah see what i mean if if they they could shape the future by doing something right now and maybe they already have if they're smart they already have i mean because i would be like hey we can't have you flying these like craft everywhere and like you know wrecking us you know so you got to do it over here and so yeah. then like if we wrote that it would be a time capsule so in the future they're like oh well we better do that so we don't crash it you know what i mean so there's all kinds of really really interesting things um that could happen and i have like on my on my website i found some footage from i think 2011 mm -hmm. and it's a it's a craft right that is like this fishing boat saw and the really interesting thing is you can see tic tacs zipping out of it okay right. and so and then it goes into the water and if you frame by frame it you'll see that it doesn't splash normally that the shadow is bigger than the craft and that makes perfect sense to me because sort of. the field is bigger than the craft. And when the field goes down, right. And then it like sinks even deeper. If you frame through it, you'll see the water looks like a circle, like an orb. If you, mm. if you flame through it and then it goes, it goes deeper in. And then there's this orb right here. And then the water kind of fooshes up like this. So when it hits, it doesn't spray water in front of it. It, it goes in and there's like an orb and it's like, the gravity is probably just sucking up all that water and then when and water's incompressible. So, I mean, that's like, you know, that's fluid dynamics. Water is absolutely incompressible. There's no way to get it like denser yeah. than it is. And so when it, when the, when the craft goes down, you know, it's, it's, it's forcing new water in that can't be compressed. And so it's shoving the old water out. And, but the, so it's, it's not actually, I don't think it's the craft that's displacing the water. I think it's the water that's shoving the other water out of the, out of the gravity field. Right. See what I mean? Yeah. But it's so interesting. And I talked about, um, in another episode, I talked about called American chrononauts, because if you think about it, say you have, say it is a wormhole. And so you get in your tic-tac and you spin it up, right? Your quantum echo jumps into the past, okay? So now your Higgs bosons are in the past, connected by a wormhole to you in the future. Okay, so now I jump in my tic-tac. And you know what? I'm like, right on. And I just hit the gas, head right for you, go through you because my, uh, my field is up. I have no mass. I pass yeah. through you, out your wormhole, now I have my ship in the past. Like I am physically in the past. Right. And, and I think in that way, time travel is possible.
Like you could physically go back in time. See, that's what I was going to ask you is how that works then. Cause you have so many of these sightings of the craft that aren't just like balls of light or orbs of plasma or like a window in space time, but there are claims that they come down and land or abduct people or actually get out or it starts to cross over into this kind of paranormal realm where you get skinwalkers and poltergeists and shadow figures and things like that. So, but uh, from what I've heard on your podcast, that's not even outside of the question, especially mm -hmm. if you jump into the idea of the nature of reality as a whole, just being something where we're falling through an illusion of a black hole and our perceptions are just an illusion. So we can get into all of that too here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so how do you explain the UFOs that seem to land or things get out of them and entire schools of children run up and see little critters uh, that get out, yeah. creatures that oh. run around? So how does that work? Are they so they're coming through windows of time and actually landing or are they like yeah. the the echo somehow splits off and then there's an anomaly where it physically manifests and can crash? Or maybe they're sending them back on purpose like let's just crash something in Roswell and give ourselves a heads up against our enemies back during the cold war or something interesting. So that, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so, okay. So what, what we're beginning with the, the premise, right. That we can yeah. generate a field, an electromagnetic field, which I think we can, that like a swing, we bust off the Higgs bosons. Okay. And so then our, 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 um, the Higgs bosons, the gravitons essentially of our, out of our atoms throws a quantum echo of our spaceship in the past. So, we're we're here in the future right and then we th we are past like you know here's the past and it's, so it's like a wormhole right right and so because of all the gravity like and you so, created a straw or like a water slide yep. Boom, like a yep okay so i'm in my craft now you and me are buddies in the future so i turn on my field right and I, so i'm zipping around in my tic tac and i can see where you are with me in the future and i fly through your I fly, fly through you and your ship, right? And then I come out the wormhole that where your Higgs bosons are. So I fly right. through that wormhole. Now my ship is in the past because right. I flew you. And then probably gotcha. my, my Higgs bosons are jump in the past or fall back in the past from there. Right. And you could probably leapfrog back through time that way if that works. But I think... One of the things that makes it really interesting, though, and is that whoever is the gate, right? Whoever's craft is that first gate, that craft needs to stay turned on in order for you to get home. See, what I mean, because you got to fly back through the wormhole, right? And so you have to stay. You have to stay in that vibratory state uh, out outside of the surface tension from where you left. Otherwise, uh, you're going to collapse the wormhole. It's basically like you're going to jump to a different frequency on the radio and you're going to be stuck in a different signal, which could be yeah. like a, like what we see these UFOs that get stuck and then crash or shot down or different. Yeah. Things. You get stuck in, in, oh. in an old slice of cheese. Right. So, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Fuck. Yeah. And so okay. you're in a different slice. And so, but what I think, and this is total speculation, right? I just kind of thought of it today. Sure. I think that, and so you have like a wormhole, right? I mean, you have a wormhole that goes, you know, through some time, but, but I, I wonder if nuclear tests and I, so I would have to look and see, like, we'll have to like see when the 
military was doing nuclear tests you know how they like set up like a fake town or whatever and then set off a nuclear bomb and see what would happen yeah right by well, my house like two hours west of here <laughs> where i live <laughs> all the craters are still there yeah it's crazy yeah <laughs> well think about it what if there was some and in 47 right when or 46 whenever roswell was yeah you know they could have been testing nuclear bombs and maybe they blew one of these guys out of the sky yeah, and part of it is even that was right at the edge when they were doing uh, a lot of radio signals and stuff like at the end of World War II during the Cold War. And a lot of the radio antenna technology was so amplified and actually dangerous. A lot of people got cancer just from working in the towers and stuff. But I wonder if those unregulated radio wave days when they were sending just these massive signals through the air and they had, you know, and like the Roswell crash supposedly was during a massive <clears throat> monsoon thunderstorm that was going over the Mesa. So who knows? It could have been a combination where something echoed through and then got shoved out of its vibratory state. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't get back in and then panicked and crashed or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's, but I think it's, you know, New Mexico, like that's where all that testing was going on. I, you know, I, I yeah. think it's plausible, right? I don't right. know for sure. I don't know what their nuclear testing was, but it's plausible. Right. And you see all like, or at least I've heard, right? I don't have any direct evidence of this, but I've heard that um, the uh, these, you know, I don't know, I want to call them ETs or they could be aliens. They could be us from the future. Drones or some, some yeah. AI robotics or something. But or... they've been turning off nuclear like missiles and nu- like they've been doing stuff like that. So I think it's possible that w- we can mess up somebody's time travel and get them stranded if we set off a nuke at the wrong time. And so I think it, it makes sense that they're like, hey, look, you know, let's shut them down. You know what I mean? We don't need these nukes. Or whatever going off whenever we you know when, when we've got operations or, or or what have you but um but yeah i mean it's i, I think it's i think it, it's it could plausible. Even, maybe it even represents just kind of like a more liberal or passive agenda of a future government that sends things back and has kind of a we're going to soothe past timelines agenda in some government policy we don't understand because they're <laughs> They're sending things back and stopping nuclear launches and messing with things and trying to send. And it could just be a social propaganda movement that they're doing. And it's not even aliens. It's very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, it is all speculative. and But it makes you wonder because, you know, we can't suppose the idea that if something out there that's extraterrestrial or from another dimension, that it's not just us from a, a, a future place leaving an exhaust in the past and then realizing it and, and looping back. And we're just experiencing that now uh, on the tail end of it, trying to look forward and and figure it out. And so there's this very interesting relationship uh, with all of that. So there could actually come through, get stranded, get shot down, or some of that could be sent back even intentionally as part of an, an agenda. Uh, Yeah. That's very interesting. But do you think that that would, could potentially create alternate timelines because then you are literally messing with things. You're sending stuff back in the past, shaping things or anticipating the future. If you're crashing something that doesn't exist in the past, in the past, and then letting people discover it, then you're shifting reality on a totally different direction than 
Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It becomes like Rick and Morty all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- what I think is, and I did this. I did this episode um, called, uh, you know, the Destiny Paradox. And yeah. what what I think, I and a lot of people could disagree with me, but I I think time exists all at the same time, and so, right. and I think the only the reason that in my mind has to be the way it is is because when the Hadron Collider kicks a Higgs boson to the past, right before the collision happens, that means the collision happens in the future and the future sends it back to the past. So in some ways, right. And this is like, this is now we're getting to black hole consciousness, all that kind of stuff, like our energy on the surface of a black hole. What that means is, is that all time exists already. And it's our consciousness, essentially like the universe is a movie. And like when you're watching a movie, you don't know how it's going to end, right? In the middle, you don't know how it's going to end. You know what happened in the past, but you don't know what's going to happen in the end. But I think the end is already fixed. I think it all has to happen the way it's going to happen. And I think our consciousness, like we said, and I can talk more. I know it's going to sound a little crazy right now without the context, but sure. I think our consciousness is energy that is essentially we are the cosmic librarians that are that manifest um, a, a, a law in physics called um, the law of conservation of information. And so, and what that stands for is, is that no information can be destroyed or created. And so, that's why I think time exists and we are just passengers going through it. And, and we can talk about this later, but I think Hawking radiation, you know, it's generally thought of that Hawking radiation is thermal radiation that evaporates out of a black hole. And that's what shrinks the black hole. And, you know, all of a sudden the black hole like eventually goes away. I don't think that's what it is. I think in a supernova, right. Which is how black holes are created. Right. Uh, supernova star explodes, rips a hole in time and shoves the core of the star through the hole. Right. And then, and so the explosion, like the plasma and everything is all the stardust, but the real explosion comes from the energy that's released when time, when space time is ripped. Mm-hmm. And so, and so the, so space time rips core drops into like nothing into the void. And at that point, it's a singularity. There's a ton of nothing, and then there's something. That's all it is. And the entanglement, the Higgs field, right, arises out of the existence of a black hole. That's the timekeeper. It arises out of the existence of a black hole. And there's still the DNA, right, of the universe, of the star, right? It contains all of the matter fields. It contains weak nuclear force, strong nuclear force, space, time, everything. Everything is inside that star like a seed, right? Right. It's the DNA of the universe. Right. And so when the entanglement attaches, right? Because like space time like ripped a hole, right? And well, some of those creates like a pocket, like in in magnetics, they call it a counter space. Like you have the. You have the bat- the battery and you have the manifest energy of the battery, which you sense as the positive and negative ends and interacts with everything. But really the core inside the, 
the battery where the, or not the battery, the magnet inside the core of the magnet where the magnet actually sits, the metal at the dis densest point, uh, there actually isn't any magnetic field. It's just a void. It's a counter space. Like in math, we would represent that as the zero. It's the, yeah. it's the one, the one digit out of all infinity that's able to take all infinity and just go boop <laughs> and yeah. take it, take it back to a flat line. It still contains all of the information, uh, but it's represented as a, as a whole or an emptiness. It's yeah, like a single. It's a point very of, yeah. paradoxical thing to wrap your head around how something can be a a hollow space that contains everything, <laughs> but it is yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, so that's exactly that's exactly like what I'm talking about singularity. And so there's a there's a core of that star in the middle of nothing, a void. Right. And I think what happens is the Higgs field is like entangled to it and that's what rips it open the hmm. it's like right now when there's no black hole right there's no higgs field so for a moment there it's just sitting there in the void of nothing and i think when that happens there's something called the weak nuclear force right and the weak nuclear force is drives towards what they call entropy and essentially it's osmosis. The weak nuclear force wants to smear everything out so it's evil. So it's totally equal everywhere, right? It's trying to diffuse out and become yep. uh, balanced. Yeah. And so, and I talk about in the God equation, the, the energy of mass it divides by two times the G factor. And the G factor arises in my theory of everything is out of the existence, the thickness of the black hole. And since there's no black hole, it's zero. So right. it's a singularity divided by zero, which is infinite energy. Right. And so when the Higgs field, when it, the black hole forms and time, it, it latches on as far as like time's concerned, I think it rips open the singularity and the weak nuclear force essentially annihilates every every piece little piece of that you know core of that star and turns right. it into pure energy and sprays it everywhere so until it's like until it's like equal right? right and so so that is a big bang right there that's a big bang and then you know everybody everything everybody knows about inflation and all that stuff just kind of takes over but the very the most interesting thing that i was talking with my brother he's a preacher is that if if that's true, and that's, I think that's pretty, you know, everybody's like pretty, you know, accepted that in the Big Bang, but really in my mind, it's a Big Bang. It's not the Big Bang. Right. Um, and technically it, the Big Bang is still going on. All the expansion that we're measuring and seeing now is still that, that outward from that yeah. initial oneness of that boom that is still booming right now, <laughs> which yeah. is the, the movement and that pull of everything that we're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. But the thing that's like just mind blowing to me is, is when the core of that star is like shredded into pure energy and sprayed outward, then the matter cools, condenses into hydrogen, all that kind of stuff, stars start forming. But the really interesting thing is that means there must be DNA in energy. Otherwise, how would the energy know to turn into hydrogen, all that kind of stuff, all the forces like weak nuclear force, strong nuclear force, all that. When the Big Bang, the instant the Big Bang happens, everything is pure energy. Mm -hmm. And the amazing thing is that it condenses, it does all those things. So that means even when it's pure energy, 
there is DNA in that energy that essentially provides all our laws of physics and all that kind of stuff and all that. And so that proves, if that's true, that proves that if we are energy on the surface of the black hole and the way we run over that hologram feeds our mind, right? Because it's only signals, just like when you're dreaming. Right. Then if, if our consciousness on the surface of this black hole is being interpreted by our brain as a 3D world with you and me in it talking on a podcast, right? Right. Then that tells us that our energy on the surface of that black hole has DNA too. Right. And, and so that means that we could very well be entangled. Our DNA totally connected to a physical projection, which is just signals we're getting from this hologram in our consciousness, which is running over this black right. hole. But there, it, it's plausible, right? You can't say no, right? All you can do is call me a freak or a dummy. But you can't, you can't deny that it's plausible that our energy is running on the surface of the black hole because right. if this whole theory of everything is true, then energy must have DNA. Right. And, and when you wonder, even the subcomponents, the substrate of the DNA ultimately is just like an underlying resonant consciousness or an awareness. And so even before the helix forms and that sacred geometry begins to, to align into these simplistic shapes that we see in the atom and the electron, the proton, neutron, and then in the ancient esoteric teachings, you realize that it all ties together <laughs> in this weird way. It's all energy. Uh, and ultimately, yeah. And that energy is literally goes back to zero and void. If there's no witness, if there's no record keeper of the library, if there's no consciousness in there so and this ties even into this idea of like what we call like black holes or this infinite ocean of of uh, information that contains all time and all realities swirling and then you place consciousness down in that uh like a surfer riding a wave then you have like an individual life and a bunch of individual lives feeling like we're riding a field of a uh, conscious collective experience but it's really just particles of consciousness floating you could even call them particles at that point yeah you can call them strings you can call them whatever you want i mean strings. like they're calling them fields yeah. strings whatever resonant yeah. perspectives of awareness and things that yeah. arise within that soup or within that ocean and uh, if you believe in string theory then that means your soul your consciousness your spirit your body is a symphony right well, I mean, really, it also fact. means that the physical nature of it is kind of a user interface that is an illusion. It's not reality. We're like this whole idea that we're sitting here with a desk, you know, and a cup of coffee and and we're sitting on a, on a planet talking through computers and everything is really a, a conscious collective inter Could user be. user yeah. interface in order for us to interact just on this energetic field that is too phenomenal to even understand <laughs> it could be a simulation it could be mm. just stimulation like you said it could be just we're looking we're energy running over the holographic surface of this black hole and we are just the inputs that we're receiving are telling us that this is in our brain our you know essentially our energy is interpreting Right. what you and me are doing and seeing you're i mean like it's absolutely true like what so let's say is if, you, right. if you go back to the pixels on the tv and you've got the red and the blue and the green right 
if your existence was down within the red spectrum, for example, uh, as a particle, everything that was red, if you were a red particle, would appear as emptiness or just void. Because if you were a red particle or photon and everything was in that same field, it would be perceived like a darkness and all you would see was the other colors. So it makes you wonder like what we perceive as a black hole or as this emptiness, like when we look up out into space is actually a wholeness or a fullness of information of almost an entire other universe. I think it is. Yeah. That blows my mind. I think you're exactly right. But we see it as a vacuum, as a zero. Uh, from yeah, the, but, from the outside, but that zero is more. But like it is that, in that our slice of cheese. In our slice of cheese, it is oh, a zero. I right. think because here, so so, <laughs> right. and I'll here. Let me blow your mind. So, so the yeah. singularity like rips, and I think time is relative, right? Yeah. But age is absolute, and so when this universe, right? Imagine like the tension in the higgs string we talked about right like if time is going this way and then something else is pulling your time that way the force that you feel is gravity well i think that when a when a supernova happens right the space that erupts out of the core of that star and creates that universe you know that's in that hole in space time the age of that universe is like zero right right and so imagine just how many slices of cheese happen between a 13 billion year old universe and a zero year old universe. Right. right? And that's the gravity of a black hole because, so I don't think I completely disagree with the conventional thought that a black hole is big ball, dirty mass. It's absolutely not. It is only tension in the Higgs string between, in my opinion, and I'm not, uh, I've only been learning quantum physics and, like theoretical physics and astrophysics for like a couple months. So I have no credentials and I'm not trying to convince anybody. Anytime I'm talking to somebody, all I'm doing is giving them the opportunity to view the universe through the eyes of a madman. So there's no, but listen, Brad, people who have gone up in the, in the organized educational system and stuff like that and trying to get their tenure are never going to think outside of that box. And so it's, there has to be, uh, radical ideas that fly in from the side and so yeah it's totally welcome oh, yeah there. i mean i got kicked out of i got i got uh, there was a physicist um uh, like a an astro like a theoretical physicist that wouldn't come on a podcast if i came on i oh, sent yeah. him my stuff i was i was like dude i would really love to know what a real physicist thinks about this he wouldn't yeah. he said i'm not coming if he's coming yeah, and you he start told talking me, about meditation and yeah. consciousness or any of these types of connections, even though it fits in with all the ancient esoteric and mystical teachings, they they just bah, they don't want it. It's all woo woo. And you know? what he said, I couldn't believe he said this. He said this, and it, I don't know if it was just like some kind of moment of candor, but he goes, he goes, that guy is noise. He has no credentials, but he's not wrong. That's what yeah. he said. Yeah, and I was just like, dude, okay just come on, man, let's, you know, but you know, I mean, I, you know, he's just got his own thing, but I think a black hole is the tension in the Higgs string between a, like I say, a 13 billion year old universe and a brand new universe. That is a lot of tension in that string. Right. And, and here's, so here's the thing that here's why, here's one of the reasons I think that that's true is because when you think about a supernova, right, you know, a star is, 
you know, fusing all kinds of stuff together and kicking out electrons and or photons, you know, putting out light. And then when it starts to make iron, right, it starts to steal its own um, electrons and photons and it collapses, it crushes down in on itself, right? That's the densest it's ever going to be when it crushes down in on itself. Right. And if a black, if a black hole is a big ball, dirty mass, right, then why can it explode? It should be, it should not be able right. to escape the gravity of a black hole. So first of all, I don't think a black hole can exist like that. Second of all, you look at the, the stardust, the ejection of a, it makes a huge, huge uh, nebula, right? Coronal Light ejection. years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. and so where does all that mass go? I mean, that's all right. the star. So right. what's left to make a black hole? especially if a lot of it's converted to energy too. So I, it, it blows me away that people can think that a collapsed star can collapse into a black hole. I think what happens is it collapses and it explodes out and it causes a rip in space-time. It punches the core through space-time and then the rip, the actual energy released by the rip of space-time is what blows all of that stardust and plasma out Right, and then and then you're left when then all of a sudden there's a big bang of the of the core of the star and the black hole forms right, and so what you have is a black hole which is tension in the Higgs string between space that is zero years old and space that is you know 13 billion years old, and I don't think those spaces are contiguous. Nothing in my mind, nothing falls into a black hole. It, it still makes tons of gravity and it sucks everything in. But I think that's why you have these accretion disks that are spinning. Nothing goes into that black hole. That's why I think you have pulsars that are like blasting stuff out because, you know, if light couldn't escape, light couldn't escape, but I see lots of light, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. And, and you know how time stops at the surface of a black hole, they say, right. They, they say time stops when you get to the very surface of the event horizon where time stops. I think the reason time stops is because it's not contiguous. And I think as the universe, the baby universe ages, right? Right. It's time coming out of the black hole. We're on the surface of the black hole as the conservation of information. We're recording the time that goes on. Everything that happens in that black hole, we're recording in our DNA and our consciousness and in our memories, right? Right. And so we are con we're the cosmic librarians, conservation of information. As soon as the baby universe catches up in age to the space time where it came from the parent universe, I think the space is healed. And then the, uh, the black hole evaporates because the space is contiguous now. And then all of a sudden it's like the space spreads out from the whole universe and shoves everything outwards. And that's what I think dark energy is. I think dark energy mm. is when the space time inside the black hole universe catches up to the outside universe and then it just uncoils. And I think that's what dark energy is. It's essentially the, you know, el the rude elbowing of um, space time right. of the universe that just came out of an evaporated black hole. Almost like if you took like a big flat sheet and then you pinched it and twisted it up, you would you would witness as a participant on that flat sheet, just like a hole that everything seemed to be swirling and being pinched down into. But ultimately, as space and everything expands out and tries to reach equilibrium, 
those knots uncoil and all the information, everything basically yeah, that's exactly releases, right. all that releases its surface tension comes out. Okay. So do you think like, so even though we're, our, our perception of reality is that we're, you know, going to bed every night and sleeping and getting up, walking around and, and going outside and seeing birds fly around and we have our jobs and computers and phones and everything. But when we look up into the sky at night, the reality might be that all of this is an illusion or we're looking out as uh, conscious surfers flying through the space from the inside of a black hole. Uh, how is that possible that we're not just smeared out and we're not just like, or some in some realm like the movie Inception or, or not Inception, but uh, uh, what is that one? Interstellar, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. The, I Well, I think here's the thing. I think if you think of the slice of cheese, right? It's a holographic slice of cheese. Bend that slice of cheese around into an orb, right? Right. And, and that's the black hole, right? right? And so we're on the surface of that cheese, right? Um, and what I think you can think of it sort of as the hologram that's on the surface of that black hole is encoding a universe inside. And so when we're sitting right here, like on the black hole, inside the black hole, inside the black hole, the, the sense, the, the, the information we're receiving from the hologram is telling us we're in the middle of it. And so, so we, 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 cause remember our brain doesn't directly interact with anything. It only right. interprets signals. And so if our consciousness is on the surface of this black hole and I didn't like Gerard to proved that like this whole black hole hologram could encode a 3d universe. So I'm not making that up. That's like, that's right. like, theoretical that's fact right like if you if you want to see the math like go talk to dr de hooft you know and so but he was saying he was saying that you know this our consciousness our uh you know our essentially our universe could be encoded on the on this holographic surface of a black hole and so if that's if our if we were to you know begin with the premise that our energy is our consciousness zipping around on the surface of this hologram then the information that we would be receiving could tell us could be encoding essentially our reality in a 3d space so we're really on a black the same way when you're in your bed in a dream you're not in that dream if you're running in a dream you're not actually running right. and so if you take it one level back right we could be instead of being asleep in our bed thinking we're in this you know reality we could be on the surface of a black hole, you know, experiencing Just this with information flowing yeah. through. At, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Okay. And so reality is the black hole dream. Right. And so, right. yeah. And so that I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to convince anybody of it. I'm just saying it's plausible. It's not that you know, much. It's not that much different than these ancient teachings of non-duality or Advaita. That I don't know if you studied any of the ancient None. Hinduism or Buddhism mm -hmm. or anything like that. But honestly, it's not counter to that. This idea, if you allow for the substrate to be the witness or to be consciousness, like if that comes even before the dark matter or the Higgs boson, the real zero is like, or the first decimal point to appear is something has to notice. 
or there's just an emptiness. There's nothing there to see it, right? It's like that old story if the tree falls in the wood, woods, does it make a noise? Well, if there's not, no receptor there to hear the waves of sound coming through, then there's, sure, there's waves and there is fluctuation, but there's no eyes or ears to perceive it. So does it really strike anything? There has to be a participant in order for, yeah. for the manifestation in order to be received. And so it's kind of interesting when you get into the ancient teachings, it's not outside of the question, like go clear back to like Ramana Maharshi and some of these ancient philosophers or people hundreds of years ago, even. And they talk about like uh, everything being just this ocean of consciousness and time all being everything in the now. And that uh, through the mind and spiritual progress, you can transcend that almost like flying up through the layers of cheese or see the different layers of cheese or travel through it. And, and science is kind of coming full circle to look back at these ancient teachings like they're not outside of the question because that's what they teach. They say you can keep looking further and further into the physical matter. And at the end, you can't get out of the fact that behind all of that there's somebody has to be looking <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, you know, and so in the end, you take all the physical reality and all the manifest reality and um, what we have is a physical body and our brain is inside this skull and it is completely within a shadow box uh, closed off from the outside world, except for these little holes in our eyes, little holes in our ears and these very binary sensor equipment to give us data. And even that could be rudimentary illusion. We don't know outside yeah. of that if it's illusion or not. It blows my mind. So reality could be figmentatious or it could be illusion, a user interface that's, that makes it tolerable to be spinning through a black hole. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so it feels like we can wake up and walk around and drink a cup of water, but really we're flying through infinite information from a singular point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got this kinda, little we've yeah. we've got control of this like little spot on the surface of the black hole and and it's me and your spot is over here and that's yeah. you you know and that's what you see on and the inside and what's wild is that really ultimately it's kind of crystals if you want to get into it because like your ears your whole sense of balance is liquid crystals and inside the fluid dynamics of your brain is like salts and minerals and just these primary elements that are receiving signals and information that your consciousness is just interpreting it blows my mind yeah. so yeah uh, like from the, the very basic level out it's just the energy being interpreted you know and think of this though like the it just occurred to me you're talking about like all these ancient teachings and all these philosophers and all that kind of stuff well then it starts to really make sense that maybe the connection is real like there's dna in us that connects us to something else like maybe that is our brain's interpretation of some kind of linkage to a higher uh yeah. consciousness because and i know this sounds like nutty because i am totally not a guy who's like been into consciousness but the more i think about it and so i'm a, i'm a christian right and so when I was thinking about, well, if you think about the geometry of the universe, if there's a black hole at the very first black hole, 
right? And we talked about how, like, when a star supernovas, it has the DNA of the parent universe. Right. So, so if there is a if there is a black hole that is the source, the original black hole, mm-hmm. I think, and nobody can dis nobody can disprove this. Like this makes this makes it plausible. If there's a consciousness zipping around on the top of that black hole, it's the creator. Right. Right. And so, and the black hole that the creator is zipping that, around may, may be, could be uh, heaven. And it could, could be, be ultimately what we're talking about as you get closer, it is a unified field. It is a oneness. It's not actually a particle. So, and we experience reality like a, like a flake. So if like, let's say you take the universe or reality and you, each one of us is like a, a like a piece of glitter or a tiny little mirror reflecting. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're flowing through that torus that's swirling like a black hole like float like swirling around a toilet right <laughs> so like a big swirling donut sure. you know so yeah. we're going going around and each one of us is a tiny little flake flowing through a life path that comes like a spark that comes and goes like a firefly right of consciousness mm-hmm. that awakens and lives a life and then disappears but ultimately the light that is perceived that unified field uh, that that particle is reflecting is all one thing and that could be maybe the all or what we perceive as the one consciousness that each individual is reflecting. So even though I'm sitting here in in southern Utah and you're sitting where you are and we're talking through the computer, really, we're reflecting the same unified field or that one light from a different perspective. And behind it all, like Schrodinger even says that we are all one consciousness that is uh pinched up through reality from a different perspective so like i might be the same conscious soul that as you but if you were brought up like a like a little fleck of sand through the arc of time like i did then you would be me but you're not me you came flowing up in a different angle than me and so we have different perspectives in the kaleidoscope but we're all really reflecting the same light of, of information and looking at the same light or the same information, uh, which is that unified field. So maybe God is this unified field that we experience this one consciousness, but we all have different opinions and perspectives. And really we're that way too, even within the sense of self, there's a whole host of different, like, well, maybe I should do this. I don't know. And, da, 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 and emotions attached to that and a whole like legion of, kind of characters and perspectives in there that don't always agree and that's not out of the question so it's very interesting and you just made me think of something when you're talking about like on the surface of black hole like if everybody's like glitter right swirling around like there there really can be no i think if if one contemplates this model of potential model of the universe then on that black hole like your your energy like your vi- essentially vibrations if you believe in string theory then right. you know all your atoms are composed of like strings and so it's really kind of like music and so like your your energy right now if you're on the surface of that hole and I'm on the surface like our energy is cont- is is in connection 
is, is with, in relation. Ultimately within a continuum or a field that's all reflecting one thing is the the infinite information of the oneness or the all of it. But it, like the light of this little speck of glitter and the light of this little speck of glitter over here, even though they're facing different angles, ultimately are in the same unified field of oneness and aren't really separate in the whole thing. And so we and anybody this- listening is part of that too. Like right. everybody who's here for this conversation, like we're, we're all right now, like, you know, if you believe in string theory, like we're all, we're all vibrating in the same right kind of, uh, I don't know what you call it, like energy connection. Like we're connected. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, and, that's uh, kind of really interesting. They call it in consciousness that, teachings and stuff they just call it the collective consciousness like i have my bubble of reality and it contributes to the informational perspective of yours and together like a froth of bubbles or a foam we all have this unified <laughs> field of of reality of like we are all different books in the library or different pages in the library uh, yeah somebody listening to this thinks i'm an idiot right Sure. They are coming to the opinion that I'm a moron and I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm wasting their time, but they're going to walk away from this with that vibration. Like, right. So it, it doesn't even, and somebody's going to be like, wow, you know, that's really eye opening. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to think about that. Or I'm going to talk to somebody about it. They're coming away with a different vibration. So no matter what happens, anybody who's entangled with us leaves with some influence regardless of what it is, whether it's positive or negative or whatever. Um, and that is really interesting too. Like, right. you know, we're going to come away yeah. and, and we're totally. now we're in their memory. We're totally. in their memory. And there's two different, two different, a multitude of different ways that you can take this. People can get this kind of information or start to grapple with these theories or philosophy. And it can be like devastating. Like, Oh, you mean like, reality isn't real and physical reality and the more they go try to dig into it they can't prove that wrong and they start to have a hard time like this is holographically or maybe i'm a figment my own body's not even really here it's all an illusion and you can take that in a devastating way like a sort of a death or a grief and loss in a way and really struggle with it or you can say wait that means that like okay well everything is still here this is what we're talking about this is it like what we're experiencing even right this second and ultimately, if you realize that it is illusion or it isn't what we think, then maybe it means we can break some of these rules or we can understand reality from a different perspective and not just be straitjacketed by it and, and accept it as our fate. We can say, well, OK, then if reality is like an illusion, then how do we understand it that way if we really are consciousness drifting or flowing gracefully, harmonically through a black hole reality of information then maybe these higher entities like what we experience as extraterrestrials or or spiritual beings or angels or God or something, maybe they just understand the nature of reality at a higher level or have the technology to jump around through it, or escape it in a different way. And suddenly you become like Neo in the Matrix and you can understand like my perception of this gives me strength. It gives me footing. It gives me power. It allows me to move through the reality differently than the way I was seeing it before. Like if you're a piece of that glitter flowing through space time and suddenly you say, hang on, like I understand what I am now and I kind of have a different point of view, then maybe you can change course and set your sail differently instead of just be 
uh, unwitting participant of where the wave's pushing you, you know? That's how yeah. I see it. I, I like to take the reins a little bit more rather than just ride the bucking horse where it's taken me, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I would, I would encourage anybody, I, I would say that, you know, we shouldn't, like when we have a dream and we wake up, you mm -hmm. know, it's not like, you know, we wake up, we shouldn't be like, oh, that was a dream. I'm so depressed. I had a dream. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's just, it, it's just an experience, you know? And, yeah. and I, I think to know that, Hey, maybe, maybe we're more connected to other people than we think, right. you know, like, and, you know, maybe we're in a position to, um, you know, help other people, you know, to right. you know, like create value. I mean, it's just amazing when you think about it. Like, I just keep thinking like, and, and I hope I'm like dying. I'm, I can't wait to, for, I need to get these magnets, these specialty magnets that I've ordered to make this, this generator that I'm convinced is going to reduce the mass of that generator. And yeah. I can't wait to get it and do it. Because if it's right, if if I'm right and this works, then you know if the Navy would have come out earlier and said, you know, here's the UFOs. If they, you know, maybe I could have done this ten years ago. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, and I'm just saying. So the I think the the more connected we are and if they never did i would never have thought of it because it's only the navy's ufo footage that got me fired up yeah. and so so i'm i'm thinking that the more we kind of like try to hang on to stuff and whatever and like kind of stay in our own little silos and like not be cool like <laughs> you know what i mean like the more we're like kind of to in this together and sharing information and trying to like give each other a good vibration so to speak mm -hmm. you know i mean we could have maybe we could have figured this out i swear i hope this works but it, but i think yeah. if it does it would go to show that we're way better off if we like you know are like you know kind of think of ourselves you know you have like a circle right and i don't know what what life is native american you know better than i do like you know, you can think of yourself as like the first circle is you. The next circle is like your immediate family and the next circle are your neighbors. Yeah. And then it's like your tribe and then it's like your country or whatever. But, you know, the the idea that the bigger our circle is, the more like people that we engage with and like care about, the faster we'll get these technological breakthroughs, the faster we'll right. be able to sort of like, you know, you know, fix our 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 planet, our environment, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It just, it would be really neat to, to really sort of break through. And that's why I kind of want to, I, I want to do this and I want to tell everybody what it is. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it works because I just feel like if we, if we, if we thought more and I am not an emotional person, I do not seek connections like naturally with other people. I'm horrible. I'm a horrible son. It's probably been months since I talked to my dad. I need to call my dad, call my mom. Like I have really your, hard time. Call your dad, with, mom, Brad. Come on. Yeah. But it's like, but I really feel like if we, I think we go a lot. God, man, everything would be better if we just yeah. like, 
connect like i don't know like just a loud connection more connection you know Ultimately, what i mean at the end of the day i feel like so much of the agendas and everything that keep this kind of stuff even just the knowledge or the the thought processes and the philosophy suppressed are people who don't want their trinkets and toys and their candy taken away they're at the top of this food chain at the energy empires and the oil industries and the pharmaceutical uh, companies and things like that and they are better off keeping everybody as a little piece of glitter instead of realizing the unified field they don't want to keep things like telepathy and remote viewing and and uh, psychic connections and and heart-to-heart connections and people realizing that their consciousness is not just trapped within their skull but it's something way grander connected with way the, grander. Enti- the entirety of the universe and, and transcends those physical limitations. They don't want that to get out because then all of a sudden they're not special. Everybody's sitting at home and you see this everywhere in pharmaceuticals. They don't want you growing weeds in your own backyard to fix yourself in the met. You know, they don't want you meditating at home to fix your mental health. They want you on their pills. They want you driving their oil combustible engines and, keeping everything slowed down they don't want us moving and thinking at light speed they don't want us realizing our actual innate nature as human consciousness it's uh they don't they don't want and us i'll to admit yeah oh i'll admit like if there was a skeptic about like energy and consciousness and ufos and you know remote viewing and esp and all that i was absolutely the biggest skeptic i was like it's it's bullshit like there's no way but the more i think about if the nature of consciousness is if we're the cosmic librarians you know recording history in our dna and our memories and we're serving as on the surface of this black hole as time comes out of it we're serving as the we're actually the universe's mechanism for um you know, the, the uh, law of conservation of information. Yeah. If, if that's true, then all of a sudden the idea that our consciousness is zipping around on the surface of this black hole, it's not that far fetched to think, Oh, somebody could have like sort of a special characteristic of energy where it just kind of like pops up and they can kind of see something over there. And then, you know, they go back down, you know what I mean? Like there's so, there's so much manifestation of, possibility if you realize that you know if we're zipping around reading you know the tea leaves essentially on the surface of this black hole Mm -hmm. you know maybe maybe you know my antisocial personality disorder maybe my bipolarity maybe um you know my autism maybe that combination of weirdness can make me shine really bright as far as energy goes. And so like maybe figure things out or maybe somebody kind of sparks and a piece of them can go land over there and kind of get a perception and then, you know, sort of fizzles. And then they're like, dude, I know what was over there. It's like, it it seems like, and I know it's, it's only plausible. I think it's plausible that we're on the surface of this black hole. It's encoding a 3d universe. And that's what we're experiencing because our brain is actually not interacting with anything. It's only receiving electrical sort of impulse signals and maybe, and so to the extent, so nobody can say that it's not plausible, right? Right. There's just no argument. It's not plausible. You can say it's not true, right? Right. But you can't say it's not plausible. And so, 
but if you if you and everybody should be able to agree that it's plausible and so you might find it kind of incredible that somebody could do that but you can't say that it's not plausible you right. see what i'm saying yeah and so and being able to see people i think where they are and and just give them the space mm-hmm. to like you know you know to be who they are and say right. maybe you know, maybe that's true. You know what I mean? Like, let's not like judge people and, you know, write them off or whatever, because, you know, keeping the secret of those UFOs away from me, if I'm the one who figures out this anti-gravity business, right. All they did was screw themselves by not letting it out earlier. You know what I mean? Because we could have been so far ahead. Yeah, yeah, unless they're worried about just fattening their big old pockets, you know, they don't really, <laughs> that's it. That's, and it's, it makes me sick. You know, it really does. At the end of the day, uh, every individual has to come to their own realization that the lines painted on the road are literally just rocks with paint smeared on them. And the rules all applied around that are totally a story. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can, you well, can drive anywhere you want if you turn the wheel. That's all just everybody's just collectively chugging along following the lines and staying in the lines you know what i mean but uh yeah I, there needs to be people like like you out there that are doing that and i have this suspicion like that yeah that the this device that you're actually putting together to test your theory is probably not that complicated is it no right no it's not and when you think about think about the wing right yeah. think about the wing like the Wright brothers right you camber the top it's flat on the bottom, right? Air has to move faster over the top, yep. creates lower pressure. So there's more pressure on the bottom and it, you get lift, you fly. I mean, it's more complicated than that, but it's essentially the weak nuclear force that won't allow a vacuum that does that. And quantum travel isn't that much more complicated. Well, ultimately, all of the nature of the universe operates on f- fundamental principles, just like we said you go back and you have just these elemental pixels of three colors that account for everything that you see, all the colors of the rainbow and all physical visual spectrums, you know, ultimately every single thing, even in uh, geology and minerals or anything in science comes from a function of very primary things uh, Mm -hmm. that, that are collaborating in some sort of a harmony that make it happen that way. But yeah, if you can sort of say, well, let's flip this on its head or kind of uh, invert that process in, in a way. And that's what you're trying to do now with your device. So that's really interesting. And I'm going to tell you, and it seems like I've already got my patent filed, right? So I'm going to build it and I've got my date so that like nobody can sort of patent it out from under me, right? Okay. And so as soon as I finish it, right? Which my specialty magnets are going to take like seven to nine weeks to get here. So it might be a little while, but are these like neodymium ones or the electromagnetic uh-huh. ones or, Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. They're just rare earth metal ones. Okay. And so, um, but like they don't have them in the right shape. So I need to like, I had to, I had to get like the right shape made, but, um, but the thing is, is that when, and I want everybody, I want you to like channel for me or people to pray for me, you know, and because I'm telling you, if this works, if this works, I'm going to give it, 
I'm going to tell everybody how to do it. You'll be able to will make you, your will own. You come back on the show and demonstrate it on the live show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. I'd love to see. Yeah. That. I'll demonstrate <laughs> it. Totally. I mean, I'm going to put it on the, on the scale and I'm going to turn it on. And if it gets lighter, it works. Right. And so, um, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, I'll still tell you how to do it. And maybe you can figure it out and, you know, get it to work. And but, if we hear about a big explosion in a small town back yeah. east, we'll yeah. say, what happened to Brad? Well, no, it was me. You know, well, I he, like... Yeah. He sucked himself in through a portal. He's, <laughs> he's in the eighth dimension now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was me. If there's a big nuclear explosion somewhere, it's probably me. In my shed. <laughs> right. But but yeah, but I'll give it away, man. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. So everybody like kind of pray for me, pull for me, like, you know, vibe for me, whatever. And, uh, and you know, as soon as... As soon as I know if it works, I'll, and if it doesn't work, I'll be accountable. I'll be like, ah, sorry, couldn't get to do it. And I'll tell you my thought process and I'll say, Hey, if anybody can do it, if anybody can do it better than me or sort this out or even suck any value at all out of it, yeah. then, uh, then you're welcome. Point yeah. out what the weaknesses are or where you missed the mark or anything. It can't hurt to take a stab at it. So Brad, yeah. if any, if anybody wanted to check out your podcast, if they wanted to see what you're writing about and look in and follow some of your experiments and progress of your theories, where can they find you, Brad? Oh yeah. So my, uh, my podcast, uh, it's on Apple. It's on every, it's on every sort of, um, uh, podcast publisher. Uh, my website is, www.sonic and then a hyphen gravity.com. And so my, my whole thing is viewing the universe through the eyes of a madman. And, uh, and I don't want to change anybody's mind. I like you just the way you are. Um, I'm just offering you uh, sort of a impression of what the universe looks like uh, through my eyes. So I love it, Brad. And hopefully if you get your magnets show up and everything, get your uh, device working or even some more progress on your theories and thoughts, I'd love to have you come back on because there's news coming out all the time, new breakthroughs, and maybe we'll see some new kind of UFO or craft that sparks our curiosity even further. And we didn't even get to talk yet in this show about uh, what everything that we meant, uh, talked about, discuss how it relates to the afterlife spirits, ghosts, and weird oh, yeah. stuff. Cause all of that ties got to do that. We got to do that. So we'll have you back there's, on, there's stuff there. That's a good, that's yeah, we missed it. it. It's, oh. it's definitely not outside the question. This idea of what does that mean about our own immortality as human beings and ghosts and echoes of the past and then the Higgs, oh, boson, all that stuff. So, but yeah, yeah, we've, I think we've blown a lot of people's minds today, Brad. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll let everybody chew on this and go check out your material. And uh, yeah. Thanks for to- sharing space, man. I really enjoyed our conversation. Even before we got started, it was amazing. Like it's so, I can't yeah. believe we've been on for like two hours almost. <laughs> I know. It has been it just went like that. Yeah. As soon as you showed up and backstage, it was like it threw you on and we almost uh, missed the start of the show because we were just like going <laughs> after it already. <laughs> it was really fun. But yeah, everybody check out the link down below if you want to check out Brad Voorhees and uh, everything that he's working on at Sonic Gravity and his intense philosophies and theories of a madman. Go check it out. Uh, You won't regret it. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks, Carl.